What's up and welcome back to Miles Apart. Hello, Matthew. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm great. I love this intro so much. (laughs) (laughs) Every time. Gotta do it. Gotta do it. No, I'm great. I'm great. Um, I just came back from a gym and um, I always feel great when I do sports. (laughs) How was your workout? So... um, we were just discussing this before on the phone. Um, I had the so I started with a more focused on calisthenics type of workout. I want to say four months ago, mm-hmm. and at first I was like, you know, I could do a couple of push-ups, but like not a lot of them. And today I did wall push-ups. And it's like insane how fast you can build up muscles if you like train in a different way. And it gives me personally much more like satisfaction instead of just like sitting on a machine and like pushing weights. Mm -hmm. It's amazing what you can learn through like doing something else, Um, especially when you have someone to look up to as like a mentor even if they don't know you they have like a class or something you can like you probably learned way more things than you thought you could oh it's like i mean before i start so this guy who like does these like workout videos his name is chris Heria, and before i knew like the one basic push-up and now i know like i don't know 10 different ones and it's like you start to understand what muscles there are in your different regions. Because like before I would only do like for chest, there were like one or two exercises and like biceps one, triceps one. And now I'm like doing so many different variations and like you work on your like agility and like your muscle fiber instead of just like trying to be big and strong. And then you work out your endurance and like you see how like different muscles play together. And like if you do this exercise, you also are working out this ex- like this muscle group. So it's it's a it's a vibe. It's a vibe. <laughs> so you've seen like very good progress. Yes. That's good. But it's also like. But I think, I mean, that's like a general thing is like if you have this goal, because I I don't know how it is for other people. But for me before, I would always go like to a gym and like just work out to like be in shape and like have strength. But nothing, I didn't have like a precise goal. And like with this workout, I'm like, I have certain exercises that I want to, that I just want to be able to do in the future. It's like human flag. Do you know what that is? No. So basically you take like a a pole, any pole, like it could be at the bus stop or like in the gym and you hold it with your two hands and you put up your entire like body into the air that it kind of looks like a flag. You can do that? No, no, no. I'm far away from doing (laughs) that. But like that is one of those goals that I want to be able to do. Mm. That'd be cool. Do you cool. do you work out um, like pull-ups as well as push-ups? I started doing that. I've been f- more focused on uh, push-ups so far, um, but now I'm also like, for me at first it was just like gain the basic strength that I need in order to do these exercises, and mm-hmm. I didn't want it to tackle like all the exercises at first, so I was f- more focused on like push-up um, type of like exercises. And now I'm getting to a point where I'm like, all right, starting to like, um, versify my training. Diversify. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about that diversity when you work out. (laughs) Yeah, you should try it, man. You would, I think you would really like it. Yeah, I've been working out like pretty often in the mornings now. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I usually hate it, but now that I've started climbing, I have, like, an actual reason. So, maybe it would be good to do some of your push-ups and stuff. 
Well, I mean, there's so many different ways of like working out, but I what I've seen so far is like with calisthenics, it's much more natural. Um, you also work on like being able to be like very flexible and like all this stuff. So like it is useful for like climbing. It's useful if you want to do an endurance type of sport because you are training your body to have more strength in a longer time instead of just like being able to, I don't know, do like four sets with like 10 exercises in it mm -hmm. so yeah it's interesting yeah i feel the same way with like progress and learning and whatnot um as you do with climbing because i've been doing it for two weeks straight and it doesn't like it's literally just two weeks but i've gotten like so much better mm -hmm. in the sense of like so the other day, probably like three days ago, um, Candace and I, my girlfriend, were climbing. And the way it works is every single route is by color, like difficulty. Mm -hmm. And it starts with purple, then blue, then yellow, then red, then black, and wh then white. White is like, you're insane mm -hmm, at mm -hmm. climbing. And so I've gotten probably like seven to ten yellows which is really good wait remind me what's what's the yellow one? yellow is the third hardest oh third wow easiest, third, third easiest sorry sorry easiest. okay but still wow <laughs> yeah but once you get to red that means like you're you're doing pretty well mm -hmm. and i was looking at this red and i was like i think i can do this one and i was watching this guy um try to get it and he doesn't get it. And then I go up and I was like 99.99% .99 there. Like I just could not hold it long enough. And I fall down and I'm like talking to the guy. And he's like, uh, nice, man, you almost got it. And then we're just like chit-chatting. I was like, yeah, this would be like my first red. And I've only been here for like not even two weeks. And he's like, damn, like I've only gotten three reds and I've been here for a year and a half. <laughs> But it's it's comparison to different people. What we were the same like exact build, mm -hmm. which was interesting. But it's cool to just see like how much you can progress just from learning. Because I watch like videos all the time now about like different holds and how to work out your finger strength and all this stuff. So that's also something where I feel like you could like calisthenics because it's also about like working your finger strength and hand strength and like lower arm mm -hmm. strength, which is also very crucial for hiking, um, climbing, not hiking. <laughs> mm -hmm. But you the climbing in Switzerland is nuts. Yeah. If I <laughs> wouldn't be scared <laughs> of heights, <laughs> I'm sure it would be amazing. <laughs> Maybe I'll, um, rope you into doing one at some point well so i watched a documentary i don't know a couple of weeks ago something like that and it was about overcoming your fears and in this documentary this one reporter her biggest like fear was snakes and so she went to like, like this fear management therapy i don't know how to better explain this and they start yeah. by looking at an image and she like freaked out because for her it was just like this is the worst thing in the world and then he starts to explain to her he's like you know you're just instead of looking at the actual like thing in this case being a snake you are immediately making it much bigger than it actually is which is the same for me with fear of heights is like I know I'm not going to fall down, but as soon as I feel like I'm scared, all I'm thinking about is falling and dying. Mm -hmm. And so that's like, I do want to do like a therapy like that because I also have a fear of spiders. <laughs> it's really annoying. Is it that bad? <laughs> no, like it's not like I'm not going to run away if I see a picture of a spider, but let's say I'm in my room and there's a spider above my bed or something like that. I'm not staying there. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> You're like a chick. Oh, it's like, so I want to say like 
one of the earliest dates with my ex-girlfriend we're sitting in this japanese restaurant and like it's you know it's still the time where you're like trying to impress the other one and like make them like make them like get them to like you and mm-hmm. so we're sitting there and she's suddenly she points out a little spider behind me and she's like oh look how cute and i'm like wait what and i get up and i'm like nope it's <laughs> funny well i don't know how funny that was it kind of looked a bit sad like a bit pathetic like a big man who's like mm-hmm. scared of a like minuscule little animal <laughs> i never understood the fear of spiders or bugs personally I think with spiders, it's that, and like with um, snakes, probably the same. It's like they don't look natural. You know, like most animals on like on Earth, not in the water, they all move in a very similar way. But like a snake is like, I don't know how you slithering, it. it's like slivering around, which is just not comparable to other animals and like a spider has just like eight legs which is like nasty in my opinion i don't know man they look ugly (laughs) Hmm. yeah it's definitely interesting i don't know what mine would be fear wise so you don't have like an animal or like anything like that where you're like scared of I'd say the biggest fear that I have is public speaking. Interesting. But besides that, physically, if I'm like high up climbing, it's kind of scary. But at the same time, I'm not that scared. I don't know. It's so annoying. But (laughs) those are my uh, two little um, scary, scare. I don't know. Fierce. <laughs> <laughs> Words are hard. Yes, they are today. Man, but like, honestly, it's... the people who have spiders at home, like, they go buy big ass spiders and they're like, look how oh, like, cute. And I'm like, no, you're wrong. Like, there is nothing cute about those spiders. Like the tarantulas? Oh, hell no. Ugh. Imagine living in Australia. Yeah, that's one of the point one of the reasons why I haven't gone to Australia so far. <laughs> Seriously? Yes. <laughs> Mr. World Traveler can't go to Australia cuz they have tarantulas. Well, also other spiders. Hell no. <laughs> hmm. uh, uh, like I would go in the winter because there's no spiders in the winter. Then I feel great. <laughs> But like, especially like, so in my job, I find, I also like through the video agencies we have that like they, it's kind of like a YouTube, but like you have to pay a flat rate and you can download the videos they like have and like they collect stuff from around the world. And there is like here and there in like Australian summer, there's videos of people finding big ass spiders in their houses or like snakes. And I'm just like, no, this is exactly why I'm not going to Australia? Because I don't want to see a massive spider in my bathroom. I think if there was a tarantula in my house, like if I woke up and there was a tarantula in my bed with me, mm-hmm. that would scare me. Mm-hmm. But besides that, I'd be like, eh. Oh, I would be... No. I'd be like, I'm out. Bye. <laughs> I'm leaving. I have an idea... Oh God. I have an idea, but I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do. This doesn't make me feel great. <laughs> when, I, when I come to visit, just keep your eyes open. <laughs> Can you not come to visit me? <laughs> oh, boy. Ugh. So, before... We got this podcast up and running today. You mm-hmm. mentioned that you're going on vacation. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now it's. And my I turn. want you, I want you to, you. I want you to tell me the top thing you wanted to do 
when you're there? No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> so for all the listeners, I'm flying on Wednesday with my roommate to um, Marbella in uh, the southern part of Spain. And for everyone not knowing what it is, it's like a coastal town. Yeah, coastal town with like nice beaches and nice beach clubs and we already have like this joke going on well it's not really a joke it's more like i told my roommate don't expect me to stay at the beach the entire day and not do anything so i bought like you know these like um rubber bands to like work out with like these resistant bands mm -hmm. Because there is no gym in where we are staying. And I was like, I'm not going to get like gym membership for like a week. And like calisthenics, you can do it anywhere. But I'm definitely going to start <laughs> work out there. <laughs> John Marco's literally, literally going to be sitting in a beach chair. And right next to him, you're going to be doing like push-ups and sit-ups and stuff. Oh, he, he, also, he told me, he's like, why would you do that? We're going on a vacation. I'm like... Yes, but I don't mind working out. I like working out and I don't want to just like sit around for an entire week and do nothing and just drink alcohol. I think everyone's perception of vacation is different. 100%. 100%. Cuz I don't know how long I could sit on a beach and just look out in the water or read a book, you know. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Although yes, no, you're right. I need to buy a book because I I'm not planning on bringing my iPad to the to the beach. Mm. Yes, you know, like a good read can can be a can be a vibe. You should get. Have you ever read the Lord of the Rings? Oh yeah, amazing. Oh, never have mind. you? No. Oh, you should. It's great. I just thought that you would like it, so apparently you have. Yeah, I might or have to go to the library tomorrow. Game of Thrones. Actually, I never read that, but I watched it twice. And I really want to watch it again, but it's on HBO, and they're so annoying. You watched the whole thing? <laughs> twice. Twice. That is so many hours. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. It's such a good show and like it's the type of stuff that I love to watch. It's like old ancient and there's like politics involved and like yes, yeah, so some romantic stuff. There's fighting, there's there's so much and there's always like a twist here and then like you get to know one character and you're like oh he's kind of cool and then they kill him and you're like no why him <laughs> have you watched it i've seen like one episode and my dad was watching it and it was just this chick like i'm pretty sure it was the main chick i have no idea but she was having sex with this big huge dude like muscular but that was like all I saw. It was like, wow, this is literally just like porn. Yeah, they um they definitely do uh show a lot of um sex scenes. Mm. Which is part of life, you know. The thing about those shows is you have to be so locked in. Mm -hmm. So I think I start I think I tried to watch the first episode and then I was just like on my phone. No, can't you cannot do that. do that. No. Also, you have to like watch it and like you can't just like start watching Game of Thrones and then maybe be like, oh, now I want to watch um, How I Met Your Mother. Like you have to be consistent with it in order to fully mm -hmm. understand it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can do that. Well, that's on you in that case. <laughs> Um, speaking of movies, so this one movie just came out and I really want to watch it and it's called Oppenheimer. Barbie? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Ken, please. Barbie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, Dress I've been up waiting in pink. For, <laughs> yeah. I've been waiting for Barbie for like a year. 
my Barbie collection is like, let's go to the movie. <laughs> no, that's obviously not the one that I'm interested in. I want to watch Oppenheimer. It should be a good one. I didn't see it, but my friend that you know, Elliot, he went to go see it. He said it was good. I recently watched a YouTube video that was a like 30-minute video about Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Very interesting. I didn't even know about him, but that's his. That's just nuts. It's insane. Like, I mean, I don't know if I want to say thanks, but like, he was the person who kind of built the nuclear weapon, weapons mm-hmm. that were dropped to on Japan. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the click of a button, you kill eighty thousand people. Man, so when I was younger, I actually went to Hiroshima, which is one of the two cities that was hit. And they have this museum. And it is shocking because, like, people were just burned to death. In, like, less than a second? Oh, yeah. It's, like, the thing, like, you know, that bomb just, like, fell on the ground and, like, people just, like, dropped dead. It's insane. Did it, like destroy all the buildings around like a majority of it not everything but like it it destroyed a a good part of the city let's put it that way like how far away did you have to be in order to like not i couldn't give you any numbers i i I have no idea but like the thing is like i mean here's the crazy thing is like think about it that way these bombs were dropped 80 years ago they were absolutely horrible but we know because so did you know that in oppenheimer it's the first time in a movie that they filmed an actual detonation of a nuclear weapon oh so they like created one for the movie no no the oh, us they just used, they, yeah, they, they used one that we have yes well the u.s like tests them and i don't know how often but they have been testing them and so um, Christopher Nolan was able to actually film one of those tests. But, like, think about it. With the technology advancement we had in the last 80 years, what these weapons can do nowadays? Well, I think we could just literally blow up the entire planet. Oh, easily. If I mean, if Russia or the U.S. decides to, like, press that red button that Trump likes so much... I don't, like, there's no way we're going to survive. Yeah, it's just like a lose-lose because, like, you can't have a civilization without a planet, so then we just all be dead. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Pretty much. It's insane. It's just insane to, like, the fact that we, like, humans got to that point is just ridiculous to me but it is but i'm also like not really sounds horrible but i'm not surprised because from like a historical point of view humans have been fighting each other for like like thousands of years like when we were living Mm -hmm. in caves we started fighting each other and so like of course this is never going to stop but we are living in the most peaceful time ever in our world history which people do often forget but like yes thanks to technology i mean the u.s military what i know or read i'm i'm not like i'm no expert i just sometimes happen to watch documentaries about that stuff um apparently they have or they're testing currently or they already have i don't know um laser um weapons like the laser is so strong it can kill somebody? Yeah, so like imagine Star Wars. Like you shoot like a little arrow of light and then whatever gets hit explodes. Wow. <laughs> and if the US would stop like investing and like in researching new technology right now, they still have a 25 years advancement on the second nation, which is China. <laughs> It's insane. It's insane. That's crazy. Yeah. Just imagine if there was another world war, 
just mm. like the absolute apocalypse you know i mean have you seen i'm sure you've seen pictures of like german cities after the war mm-hmm. it, like they were wiped out mm-hmm. or like if you look at raqqa um in um, syria wiped out but like if you think about like what in such like if if there would be a third world war uh, like we are definitely not going to be recording a podcast anymore i can tell you that <laughs> <laughs> unless it was recorded in a bunker and maybe not even who says that we would survive true because i know so i went to french military um so because in switzerland um <coughs> all the 18 year old guys are um forced to or it's like mandatory to go to the army for four months as like a basic training and you can also do like the we call it civil protection so it's like you know like if i don't know um if there's like a crazy weather storm and everything gets destroyed that's like then they show up and they help like the population to like rebuild they bring food like whatnot Mm-hmm. Um, and since I'm a triple citizen of France, Germany, and Switzerland, I was able to find a loophole, which in a way is very attractive, but it's also very dangerous because I am a French soldier. Which means that <laughs> if France decides to go to war and call on all their like male citizens to go to war, I'm screwed because I have to go as well. Yeah, I think in the long run, I probably would have picked Switzerland. Yes and no. My hope, or the the thing is, is that France has a professional army, just like all of the bigger nations. And then they have the, I don't know how to call them. Uh, like strength? reserve? No, it's like a stranger legion. I don't. So it's basically a second military. Like a militia. Let, no, it's, it's it's actually an army. So let's mm. say you, Matthew, you're like, you committed a crime in the U.S. and like you don't see a perspective in, in America anymore or like your life is like, in your opinion, over. You can sign up there. You lose like your name and whatnot. Like, yes, they're going to check what you did before. But then you are fighting for France and they send you in the, into the worst places in the world. Um, that being said... So France has, technically speaking, two different armies. And I'm hoping that they never will call me. But if actually that happens, I would also be affected if I would be in the Swiss army. Why? Because if that happens, that must be like an enormous war, probably a third world war. At that point, we're all screwed. Yeah, but I think the likelihood of you surviving fighting for switzerland is a little bit better like maybe a couple percentage points i mean until then i'd be a master of calisthenics i'll survive anything (laughs) (laughs) the bullets would literally just bounce off of you oh yeah (laughs) i'll be able to like catch the bullets in the air and be like nope not today (laughs) the i was telling you before that i started this history podcast Mm mm-hmm and they were describing how um i don't even know how mo- more advanced the world was compared to japan was like military wise before japan like opened their exports and stuff mhm and how like they literally basically had like samurais and all this stuff and everyone else had guns and st- mhm Mm-hmm. And how, like, how brutal it was to, like, back in the day when, like, samurais would go into war and basically just, like, cut people's heads off and stuff. <laughs> That's just so crazy to me. Yeah. But then they were, like, so they're, the dude that was has the podcast is going over the rape, rape of Nanking, which is really bad. But the Japanese were talking about how... 
this is like historians like today. They're like, mm-hmm. well, imagine if instead of America dropping a bomb on like Hiroshima or something, they just came in and literally decapitated like 80,000 people. So that kind of like gives like the same perspective, you know, it's kind of crazy. Yep. Well, I mean, what you said before is like the same <clears throat> example could be made about European powers in the 16th century when they started to like discover the entire world, including the US. Um, and like in South, South America, you had like the Inca Empire or the Aztec Impi- Empire, and they were like flourishing powers. Well, of course, then like the Europeans arrived with guns and diseases, and they were like, no. <laughs> not anymore which is horrible and it's insane but like that's what happened and happens still happens today i remember going over um the colonization of uh the congo mm. that is so crazy <laughs> oh my god they would like cut people's like hands off and just like leave them and like just so nuts yeah and the worst thing is so like i think especially nowadays you have to as a country who has this type of history you can't erase it it happened the people who are in charge right now have nothing like they didn't take make the decision back in the day but i do think you can educate your citizens about it and say hey look this is what happened and this is horrible and we are sorry that we did this it's like germany Mm. did this with the second world war you'll never hear like oh hush hush there was like a little thingy going on in the 40s like no they'll be like yes we fucked up big time it was horrible Mm. because of us and in belgium no one talks about congo it is Mm -hmm. not a topic and mm-hmm. so I'm like listening to a lot of French rap and this one guy, his name is Romeo Elvis and he made a song called La Belgique Afrique. So like the Belgium Africa. And he pretty much denounces the current government for never owning or like never like admitting all the atrocities that were committed. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. And it's the question is just like, I mean, like what how do we behave with this history mm-hmm. so like for instance my grandfather was german and he um he fought in the wehrmacht and yes that's not something i'm gonna walk around the city scream and like tell everyone about but it's also like obvious i have german family and like if you were 18 or 20 or 25 back in the day you didn't really have a chance. They showed up and they were like, you're either going to fight or we're going to kill you. But it's like, yes, I have a horrible image because of that, because I knew he fought for the Nazis. But then I'm also like, he was also my grandfather. And it's such a twisted way of like having to see your, your ancestors. Well, I mean, at the same time, it's like, if you're that young you you don't have you have a, a choice between dying or fighting as a soldier like of course you're gonna want to not die so like it, it's not like i feel like major i don't know majority but like a good amount of soldiers that were like fighting for the nazis they weren't fighting they didn't sign up intentionally doing it because they wanted to like I'm sure there's a percentage. Yes, it depends. If they were in the SS, yes, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. But if you're if you're stuck in the Wehrmacht because you had to, then yeah. And you also mm. like that's one thing that you have to like consider is like in times when like like the Japanese um population, they weren't against the war on China or like the German population at first when, or like, I don't know till when, but like they weren't against Hitler wanting to like in his way, in his quotes, like expand. So it's also like, it's difficult to like 
point fingers nowadays and be like, oh, you did this and I would have done it differently. Like, I don't know how I would have reacted. Well, yeah, it, I think everything gradually escalates to what it becomes. Like, no one, when something starts, you don't have no idea where it's going to go. Yeah. But the podcast I was listening to, they're talking about, like, the civilians in Japan and how the newspapers had a leaderboard of the like the soldier who had the most decapitations and they would like update every single week what yeah <laughs> wow yeah that's just so crazy and they uh oh, what was i gonna say the so let's say you're a mom and your son is going to war uh-huh. they thought if you came back, like if you were a prisoner of war and you came back afterwards, they literally thought you were like terrible, like you should die, like you should die for your country. So the moms would give their sons like shanks. So if they became prisoners of the war, they had to kill themselves. Jesus Christ. Isn't yeah, that pretty, nuts? Yeah, that's that's absolutely nuts. That's so crazy. I'm kind of not surprised because I was in Japan a couple of times now and um, the last time I kind of forgot about this, but then I walked through one of those major temples in Tokyo and I showed, like I sent a picture to my parents and I was like, look at this, like it's so beautiful. And my dad sent me an article. Basically there's people um, like they still like worship people in their opinion, who were war heroes from, like, the attacks on Korea and China. Mm -hmm. And, like, the president of Japan, go like, or the minister, goes there every year to, like, worship. And it's kind of like, it's like the German chancellor would go to, like, one of those Nazi graves and be like, I don't know, Heinrich Himmler, you the great, like, absolutely insane. That would never happen. Yeah, it's just crazy to think about how, like, all the world powers thought that Japanese soldiers were just, like, insane. Like, these just ravenous people. But honestly, hearing some stories, it's so nuts. It's mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah, tell me about it. Because they're just so, like, passionate about it. And they think that the ruler is literally, like, a god. So they're, like... Well, it's that, and it's also, like, um, if you look at, like, Pearl, the attack of Pearl Harbor and, like, the fight between the U.S. and Japan, like, at some point, Japanese, like, pilots just flew their airplanes into American vessels, which is, like, it's pretty much the same thing as, like, a suicide bomber from, like, ISIS or Al-Qaeda nowadays. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you have that much convincing argument that you're like you should die by flying a plane into a boat like what like i just could not see myself yeah no being convinced yeah but that's a the question is like so i feel like so there's there's this debate in Western Europe. So ever since the Second World War, we, like in Europe, we've been trying to like have less military to like try to be more friendly to one another. So that's why they created the European Union. This is also all my like my way of inter, inter pre, my interpretation of the entire situation. <laughs> and <laughs> and so certain um, countries have said like we don't want to have like there's two ways of like there's two different militaries you one could like a nation could have you have an attacking military so like the US has one and China has one Russia has one and then you have defensive militaries so like Switzerland has one meaning we can defend ourselves for i don't know how much time actually but we could <laughs> or we'll try <laughs> but we're <laughs> never going to attack because who should we attack we're too small and then there is like other nations, so like Austria, which is a neighboring country of Switzerland, they don't have a military anymore. And for like a long time, also like Germany, like they start cutting the budgets and whatnot, and that was fine. But now with the Ukrainian war, 
like governments and people are like, oh, wait, it, all it takes is one lunatic who wants to attack another nation because his ego is too big. Mm -hmm. And just because we think war is not good and like we would never do this doesn't doesn't mean that some lunatic in some government will not be able to start a war. Yeah, you don't have control over what other people do, like other countries. So. No, that and like, it's also like, I think it's like competition because like at the end of the, that, that, this is my way of thinking about it, but like a war in a way is a competition. It's like you want to conquer another country and you want to compete with their arm, like with their military and show them that you're capable of doing that. And mm -hmm. that way of thinking is like so deep in like our human mentality. Mm -hmm. Well, once you, once you get an, like a little bit of power, then you're just going to want more and more. And what, how far can you go? You know, that's the other problem, man. <laughs> that is a, interesting little um what you call it um tangent tangent from going to do sports to uh discussing why <laughs> we have war <laughs> <laughs> it's actually it's just so crazy because i didn't listen to anything and i hated history in school and now like all i listen to were like two four-hour podcasts and it's just like nuts to me i think there's so many, I mean, history is like such a broad term because there's so many different aspects or like time periods or like areas you can like cover. Um, and I think they're all so interesting in their own way. And like my personal favorite historical event, not that I like it, but the one that I <laughs> am very, very interested in is the Second World War because it's so crazy if you think about it, it's like nor like normal in quotes people became mass murderers mm -hmm. that is just mind-blowing to me it's like what happened how did this happen and also like it's absolutely insane how humankind can be so brutal to one another mm -hmm. it's just like we're all, at the end of the day, we're all humans living on the planet. Like, but we have so many different factions. Whereas if mm -hmm. we joined forces and we like, our number one goal was to keep the planet healthy and prosperous. Imagine how the world would be different, but humans don't work like that. And we like, Mm -hmm. terrible things and we like you know well that and like so there's this german it's kind of like vice it's called steuerung f and they make like very good documentaries about very different topics and one of their most recent documentaries is about how rich people think about climate change <laughs> it's pretty bad <laughs> it's so bad <laughs> you look at it and it's like you have these this one kid I, I think he was like 18 19 years old he was like you know i've earned my money and i deserve doing this and like yes you know climate change is a thing but i also don't fucking care and you're like we're never going to be able to do anything because if you have kids flying with private jets for I mean, you could take a car for like two hours. You could take a train for two hours. But no, you have to take an airplane, which just uses so much more fossil fuels and like destroys the plant so much more that like we, the normal people who like fly here and there on a vacation, it's not even comparable at this point. Like, what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. Like, you're going to buy like straws that are made out of like I don't know, some wood because it might be better. No, that's not going to make a difference. The big difference I, is like these companies and rich people. I do have an argument to that. 
which mm-hmm. doesn't it doesn't save the world, but it plays an integral part. And I know like it's it's not gonna happen because like asking people to not do this is pretty much asking someone to like give up half their identity. But I'm not sure if I told you this already, but did you know that the meat and dairy industry account for a higher percentage of greenhouse gases than all of transportation combined? I know. That is like nobody knows that. You no, can go to yeah, any and no. and like you can go to any like climate change strike or like any reform event or something and nobody's going to talk about what you eat. No. It's not a topic. Not People one. don't want to talk about it. But but literally so if transportation is less than like meat and dairy then that means that what you eat is more important than how you get somewhere. Would you... So this is the argument, or like this is the conclusion I got out of this documentary, is that normal civil, like civilians like us, if they live in an area where they need a car, you'll probably have to use a car. Like, if you live somewhere on the countryside and you need to get get from point A to B, you'll have to use a car. And it's not going to make that massive difference that, like, everyone keeps telling you. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's still going to, like, pollute. But, like, the biggest people, like, the biggest factors are people who take a private jet. There's a lot of them. Not, like, crazy amount, but there's enough people. And then, so, like... If we continue that way, because it's not going to change, we're not going to be like physically, like we're not going to like snip with our fingers and be like, we're only going to take, um, like use a bike from now on. Mm-hmm. So the argument I feel like you wanted to make and I got out of the documentary is that the only way we'll be, we can actually change this is that if everyone is like, hmm, instead of eating meat and fish five to like five to seven times a week or like more. I'll only have it like on two to three days, which mm. I I don't think is too much to ask for. But that already will be so difficult. Yeah, you, it's even it's just kind of like from my perspective, obviously because I'm vegan, it's just funny because let's say in fishing there'll be like sustainable fishing. That's just that's just like saying like a black white. That's just totally opposite thing that's just like not the same it's you kill like 2.6 billion fish in a year like that just you cannot tell me that fishing is sustainable the most sustainable fish that you can eat is none yes it's true the highest like pollution in the ocean is lillian nets it's not a straw and a turtle's throat it's no a fit it's a fishnet or Mm -hmm. some like fishing line yeah pretty much but it's like how it's just hard because only you can only convince people so much, you know. Well, the other thing that they were trying to like argue about in the documentary, and they like the journalists said that, and also the people like these rich people said that, is that. It's diff- it's difficult to like accept something that you cannot see. Yeah. And that's I think that's one of the most difficult parts to make people understand like hey this is actually a thing. It's the same with COVID. You didn't see it and suddenly you're like, "Oh, I have to stay at home and wear a mask? For what? I don't see it." I think it's harder for people that don't have a voice like the people that are in Nepal that make dirt cheap money and now like it's affecting them or mm-hmm. even you like being having a place in the mountains I'm sure it's different in the winters nowadays than it was when you were a kid you know so like at least you can see it but the majority of people that let's say live in the Midwest in the U.S what are they going to see a difference in yeah that's 
That's the other question. Like literally one of my roommates in college, you know him. Mm-hmm. He literally thought climate change was not real. Like at all. Yeah, it's... Like what do you, what do you what do you even say to that? <laughs> For me it's difficult because I feel like in Europe it's much more talked about and I feel like with like the US it's like every opinion or anything is immediately political. Mm-hmm. Like here yes of course like the more like liberal focused parties are in favor of um like preserving the environment but i wouldn't say that it has to be directly political and it feels like in the u.s it's like if you're a republican you do not believe that it exists and if you're a democrat you also like you have to believe that it exists Mm -hmm. and here it's like we just talk about it more i feel like and it's also like if you look at the cars in the u.s the u.s is one of the biggest polluters because y'all drive the biggest freaking cars out there for Mm -hmm. everything and then you have families with like four cars and you're like so that's like i know swiss people are like why would we have to make a sacrifice or more effort and then you have countries like the u.s where like they throw away thousands of like kilos of food every year because they didn't want to eat it anymore and then they drive everywhere and no one takes public transport and no one bikes around why do we have to change? Yeah, it's just there has to be um, a country or or a mass of people that decide to make the change first and then maybe people will like catch on. But at the same time, if you're not, you don't want to be the first person because then you're just alone doing it and like everyone else is polluting and whatnot. So, yeah. And I don't know if you knew about this or if this is a thing in the U.S., but we have, like, different climate activism groups. And in the last couple of months, their new approach is to block streets by supergluing themselves to the street. (laughs) (laughs) Which is... I'm all in for, you know, like doing something for the climate but at that point you're just pissing off people and that's in my opinion not going to work that is my opinion it's like if yeah you i mean what is that going to gonna s- do yeah nothing honestly if i would have to go to work and i'll be sitting in my car and then i know i'm in traffic because someone glued super glued themselves to a street <laughs> i'm not going to be like oh yeah great please save the environment i'm just going to leave my car here and never use it again no, I'll be extremely annoyed. I have to call my boss and I'll be like, I'm sorry, I'm late. This person super glued themselves to the street. I don't know when I will be able to leave because it usually takes a long time to unglue them. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like, but th- the other question is like, what else are we going to do? Like someone has to like, like remind the public that hey this is this is still here like we still have to like think about it some of my favorite ways to promote like even like attempting to fix climate change and stuff is like new plant-based foods they'll like put there are like even ads i've seen i've seen an ad like in times square in new york city Mm -hmm. of like I think it's impossible or something like they just say or it was a milk company and it was like a plant milk like an almond milk or something like that mm-hmm. and they're like our our milk has this amount of um carbon footprint and all this mm-hmm. stuff like you milk com- milk industry like you want to tell us or like you want to tell the people yours mm-hmm. or like if you go to like a plant-based meat product they'll tell you how much how much your carbon footprint is from eating that or like you know like how much it took to produce that compared to whatever so you get to at least know you know it'll be like 30 percent less 
CO2 emitted because of this or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, there are so many different approaches. I think there's also circles, like social groups. So I feel like in the bubble I am in, like you're the only vegan I know. But like most of my friends are like, I don't need to eat meat on a daily basis. But I wouldn't say that like my friends are like, oh, tonight we're going to eat vegetarian just for the environment. I wouldn't say that Mm -hmm. we're on that point. But at the same time, if they like some of my friends, including my roommate, we think that, you know, the chicken nuggets you buy in the grocery store, Mm -hmm. there's a vegan option, like a Mm plant-based one, and we think it's better. So we buy the vegan option. If it's better, Mm -hmm. it will convince you. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's the difficulty. Yeah, and then you'll get to the people that are like, if you want to eat vegan, then why would you make a chicken nugget? Like, you're trying to okay, make I mean, a chicken. Is... Yeah. And it's like, I mean, you got to make it for the people that grew up with chicken nuggets and like chicken nuggets, you know? Well, you have to attract people. You can't just be like, oh, you're vegan nowadays, so you, all you're going to eat is veggies and salads. Yeah, you can only eat carrots. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, no, that's not how you're going to get people to start eating vegan. I'm just going to put up like video boards on every single grocery store of how they kill all the animals. And when you're walking into the grocery store, you just have to watch it. I don't even know if that would change that much. I mean, I'm sure some people would be like, yeah, I don't want to eat that anymore. But I've seen these videos in school. Mm Mm-hmm. And it didn't make me vegan. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think think that's the way. I think it's more like, yeah. I was just going to say, I think it's because there's no like firsthand experience. So if you watch a video of somebody doing that to a, like slitting a cow's throat, it's gory. But at the same time, you're like, yeah, it's fine. But let's say I gave you a knife and I went, told you to go up to a cow and do it. Would you do it? I don't know. I also don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Depends how hungry I would be. (laughs) And how much of a point I would have to prove in that moment. Yeah. Do you have a hack of the week? (laughs) Um... Hmm. Oh, I have one because it just happened to me. Okay. So for the people who travel or like, I don't know, need a new duffel bag, make some research before you buy the duffel bag. Did you buy like a faulty bag? No, I bought the small one. And then I opened it and I was like, hell no, that is way too small for a week of vacation. I have to send it back and get a new one. Hmm. How small are we talking? I don't know. Do you know the North Face duffel bags? Yeah. So there's like this extra small, like very small, and there's like a small version of it, mm-hmm. which is like okay-ish. And then there's like a medium size, and then there's large and whatnot. And I thought like S would be totally enough. <laughs> then I mm-hmm. open it and I was like, I can barely fit a pair of shoes in there. Let's <laughs> send it back and get a new one. So yeah, check your sizes before you buy stuff. My hack is similar, but I'd say it's kind of opposite. Is to pack the least amount of clothes as possible if you're like going on a vacation. Instead of packing like five pairs of shoes and. 10 outfits for each day just literally bring a backpack and it's so nice like you don't have to lug anything and it's kind of funny just because the way that i grew up is like you bring a pair of clothes for each single day like new pair of shorts and new pair of shirt and new shirt for each day i don't even have so many shorts (laughs) and it's like why why do you need to do that you know 
because no one's gonna see like you're not gonna see the same two people even in, in two days so it's like no why worry yeah plus it's like easier and cheaper to bring your luggage into the cabin so if you have like mm -hmm. one or two big suitcases yeah no mm -hmm. to each their own i guess right yeah i mean i'm not gonna tell people that they have to do it but if you want to try it go ahead nope <laughs> Well, do you have anything to add, or should we bring this uh, lovely new episode to a end? Uh, I think I think that's good. Think you're good? You, you spoke enough. I'm satisfied about you made your Japanese statements. samurai. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Mr. Samurai, for um, connecting. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, for the listeners, we'll be back next week, and um, I'll be bragging about Spain. <laughs> 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 All right. Bye-bye. Peace.